jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Fine, do it! Good! I'm recording! Are you happy now? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm fucking glad. St- oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I now last week we mentioned that we had a two-hour conversation beforehand, and then our pal Joe from Horror Queers, the bloody disgusting queer horror podcast, tweeted that we should be recording... These pre-show conversations. Trust me, they're not exciting or anything you want to hear. <laughs> although, it's mostly just us crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mostly crying. Although I will say that because I did not record today's 45-minute conversation. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even look at the clock. Yeah. Uh, listeners, unfortunately, that means you are not privy to uh, the discussion about Valerie Diesel, Lady Detective. <laughs> Valerie Diesel, Lady Detective, <laughs> is the coolest shit in town. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly it's where all our good ideas are. All the, the good ones. All yeah. the good ones. There is, God, think of, and we don't have a record of it at all. Joe's right, though. It's true. How many Valerie Diesel, Lady Detectives have been lost to time? Yeah. Valerie Diesel, Lady Detective. She's cool, which I, it should be stated, Valerie Diesel came from me trying to remember what Vin Diesel's name was. <laughs> because I saw the preview for The Fast and the Furious Part 9, which I think is called Fast 9 or F9. F9? That just sounds like one of those command keys. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's, it's called Command Key, and it is... <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> There is a jet with Charlize Theron's bull cut inside it. There is a car suspended. And Charlize by a rope Theron, bridge. right? Charlize not... Theron inc- is, even wears the bull cut that is being worn inside the jet. Could you believe I it? I can't believe it. I mean, but Stacy, I did see another trailer because this was a trailer. This is these were the trailers um, for Birds of Prey, which I was at Birds of Prey, which was fantastic. All all gays go see it. It's so gay. I can't believe how gay it is. Um. But another trailer showed up, Stacy, for a film that I think you're going to, if you don't move over to this side of the Gaylord's Manor for any other reason, it's so that we can see this film together. <laughs> <laughs> but I need someone to explain Brahms the boy too to me. <sighs> because I can't, I can't fucking wait to see it. Like I'm so excited about it. Not since Countdown has there been another awful looking <laughs> piece of shit travesty trailer where I'm like, I mean, and besides Command 9, uh, there has not been another trailer where I'm like, <laughs> I need, I need, my personhood depends on this. <laughs> like, yeah. I love the first movie. I love the boy, and I don't care who knows it. That's right. I'm saying it right now to all of our tens of listeners. I don't care who knows it. It's I love legit the boy. a good movie. Yeah. I thought it was so much fun. I had no expectations. I had no idea what it was going to 
turn out to be. I thought it was going to be a Dollar Tree, um, Annabelle. Well, she has her own Dollar Tree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's a thrifty, frugal queen. (laughs) Um, I thought it was going to be like a a off-brand knockoff, like woman in black um, Annabelle knockoff, like dead silence kind of thing. Like it Mm -hmm. just looks... And I was really surprised by what, especially, I mean, thanks in part to the twist, mm-hmm. which uh, the twist summoned one of my favorite tropes and yeah. one of the tropes that always gives me the willies. Mm-hmm. And I was, I said to myself, what? <laughs> what am I seeing? What? <laughs> I could not, I could not believe it. It was like Annabelle and Hell Knight had a baby and they yes. named it Brahms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, do we need the sequel? No. Does the sequel look anything like the original? No. Because no. now it looks like they're completely rewriting their own premise. That's what I don't you understand. Know. Is like I mean, we have to do we have to spoil the boy for people that haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, if you haven't seen the boy, uh I don't know, fast it, forward. It came out years ago. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, there, well, there's already a sequel, so at the very least, it came out months ago. Like, I don't know when it came out, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, in The Boy, you think, you know, they sent... If, if there's anything confusing about The Boy, it's the fact that they get, um... Uh, what's her name? Who... I, I really like her. I can't remember her name, but she was Maggie on The Walking Dead. Um, mm-hmm. And she's British, and for some reason in this British movie, they make her American. That's the only th- part, point of confusion I really took with the movie. But she shows up and she's going to be a, 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 a nanny, basically, for this this doll. A, old, a crazy, kooky old British couple has a doll that they treat as their son. And you think it's a haunted doll movie the entire movie until you find out that there is a... Lo and behold, their son is this, like, crazy killer wall person who is living in the house and sneaking around in the walls and he has his little attic wall shanty and everything. <laughs> and it it gives me the willies. I got the kooky ookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now in Brahms, the boy two, <laughs> Brahms colon the boy part two, the sequel. <laughs> somehow Katie Holmes factors in, which I could not be more excited for, to be honest. <laughs> this sure. is part of my excitement. Somehow Katie Holmes factors in, but now they find Brahms, the doll, and they restore him and give him to another a child, and now the haunted doll... Like, the, my favorite part of the trailer is Katie Holmes looking at br- the boy, the doll... And then all of a sudden, its eyes go white, and then he just, like, shoots moths or eye worms into her face, like, out of his mouth. (laughs) There's shots of him sitting there, and then suddenly his eyes move. So, like, now he is a haunted doll? Maybe there'll be another twist. Maybe it's all misdirection. Oh, maybe it's the old people? Like his parents? Yeah, the ghosts of his parents. <laughs> yeah. That's like, Maybe I'm like, did the, did the wall person who was Brahms, like, did the wall person end up possessing the doll? Right. But then that doesn't make sense because they're retconning the whole thing because then they have the scene where Katie Holmes, like, finds all the newspaper articles. Oh, my God, this movie, it just is trying to get me. <laughs> There's this newspaper yeah. article. Yeah. That's one step away from microfilm. Mm-hmm. But she's she's going through all the newspaper articles and she's seeing... All the cases of of 
the people that have owned this doll before and how those families came to an untimely end. Yeah. So, what? (laughs) The problem is, whoever it is that made the boy, or, you know, whatever primordial ooze it slithered out of on its own, uh, the people who made it looked at Annabelle. See, she's the problem. They looked at Annabelle and said, hey, why not us? Maybe Even they watched... though our movie was nothing like that. Exactly. But then they look at Annabelle, who can't keep her own origin story straight, and they say, well, clearly it doesn't matter. <laughs> she's a demon. She's a conduit. She's a cultist. She's a little girl. <laughs> yeah. So they say, hey, let's have a piece of that sweet, sweet pie. And here we are. <laughs> Excited for Brahms too. I can't wait for the crossover where they get married. <gasps> oh my god, they have a little doll wedding. Yeah, and then Annabelle kills him because she's a homicidal lesbian. Obviously. Yes. Oh, oh, that's her gone girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brahms is like hiding inside his part of the wall, like terrified, holding the cat. <laughs> and you just know amazing Annabelle is out there. <laughs> and then the whole movie just ends because she can't get out of her rocking chair to actually kill him. <laughs> And he's like, oh, phew, I guess I'm fine, actually. (laughs) And then he shoots moths at her out of his mouth. (laughs) Man, I can't wait. (laughs) Listen, if The Ring and The Grudge can have a versus movie, like, you know, Freddy and Jason, obviously, et cetera, et cetera, then Annabelle versus Brahms is coming. Two dolls that don't do anything. (laughs) One is questionably haunted and the other is just a... A, a, a scapegoat for a wall person. <laughs> and it's just them sitting in a room. Yeah. Well, this is, is this is them. this is horror's answer to Jean Dielman. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's gonna be three and a half hours long. <laughs> one shot. One, one static shot. shot. One static shot of them across the room from each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially um, a Marina Abramovic piece. It's just, <laughs> it's just the artist is present. It's the haunted doll is present. <sighs> so yeah, I want to see the boy too. So can't can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Can't wa- I can't wait for the lodge. I really uh, want to see I really the lodge. enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed Gretel and Hansel. I thought that was great. Hmm. Uh, so I'm feeling yeah. I feel like between between you know the the actual good stuff coming out in horror and the terrible stuff <laughs> right. it looks like an exciting year i have to say yeah it's not bad i watched 2016 korean film the wailing which had been oh. on my list forever as something to see and i finally gave cuz i kept putting it off cuz it's two and a half hours long and i was yeah. like i was like ay 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 holy fucking shit this movie did you oh, love it? I loved it. I've been thinking about it. I can't wait to watch it again. It- I, okay, maybe we should watch it when you're here because I need to rewatch this movie. I loved it. Everyone, everyone that I value has, is head over heels for this movie. I don't know if I was too high, but I was like, this is the longest movie I've ever seen. And I almost <laughs> died. I almost died during it. But I'm like... I've only heard how great it is. So I feel like I need to rewatch it. You watch the whole thing? 
allegedly but honestly i just remember the guy like like the shaman guy like dancing around <laughs> it is a very long movie it is i remember a... it being eight hours long <clears throat> it's very long it's a slow burn it starts out tonally kind of strange there's a lot of comedy there's a lot of it's a basically if you don't know um i don't really want to spoil it for people because i don't know that a lot of people have seen it and i really think it's best to watch it without having any idea what's going to happen don't watch the trailer don't like ju- it's on shutter right now um if you feel like oh, a good. two and a half hour subtitled horror film that is a bit of a slow burn is your thing you owe it to yourself to watch it Mm. Um, basically a small village in rural South Korea, um, people are going mad and, uh, lashing out violently, murderously. No one knows why, but this outbreak has coincided with the arrival of a stranger in town. And so the police are trying to figure out what's going on. And... Like they said, it starts out really comedically. The police are really inept and kind of goofy and just like fuck up all the time. And I was like, what is like, what is this movie? And then as it goes on, like shit fucking gets real. It is gory. It is creepy. It really plays with your expectations and your knowledge of horror movie tropes, especially as a Western viewer, because they approach certain horror movie type things in a very different fashion than what we're used to over here. Um, I, I just really loved it. I really love it. It's one to keep mm. thinking about. Like, you know, I'm still like, oh, this meant this and this happened. In th- oh, man. So good. It was so good. I loved it. God, I'm going to rewatch it now. Yeah. If, gonna rewatch if it. you have even a cursory knowledge of like Korean Japanese relations, then it adds a whole layer of like political allegory, etc., to the whole mm. thing. It's mm. so good. I loved it. Really loved it. Mm. It's Valentine's week. It is. So what better time to talk about what better time? <laughs> My bloody Valentine, nineteen eighty one. You know what? I fucking love this movie. I've always loved this movie. It has always been like pretty much my number two favorite slap, like favorite non-franchise slasher after Black Christmas has always been My Bloody Valentine. It still you know holds what? Same. up. I fucking Same. love this movie. It's perfect. Yeah. And it. I mean, we must clarify that, yes, this is still Great Value Slashers Month season event extravaganza. Sure. Is this the most, the most smartest film we are featuring in Great Value Slashers? Most likely. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, It's absolutely incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie is so, but I think it still fits with Great Value Slashers because one, it's Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) A Great Value Slasher is always Canadian. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I've written about this f- film on Final Girl several times, and it always surprised me when I'd get a lot of comments from people who had never seen it. That you know, And these are from people who I know online who I consider them to be, you know, like, they watch horror movies, like, you know. and But it, this always, yeah. like, a lot of people were like, I, I never actually tried it or whatever. And I find that so strange because, to me, it was always a staple. 
Yeah, like, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of film. I mean, we, everyone who's listening to this show knows there's a lot of horror films I haven't seen, um, but this one was, this one was one of the earlier ones in my slasher education because, I mean, after the franchise films, this is the big one. I feel like. That's yeah. That's how I think of it for sure. There's plenty of other movies that I didn't see until, you know, in until I started writing for Final Girl. Even like classic films, you know, until mm-hmm. I started writing for Final Girl, or until I was well into adulthood or whatever. But this one, like, my parents, like, I watched this with my parents when I was a kid. You know, like yeah. And it's like it's not it's not um, it's not it was never really that hard to find. I don't think. I mean, there was the the weird the the all the edits and the cuts to it. Uh, but it was still a Paramount release. Mm-hmm. It's still from the very formative 1981 era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I consider it a classic. I love this movie. I really, really love this movie. If so anyone there. hasn't seen My Bloody Valentine, I'm shocked. Yeah. And it's getting a fancy Blu-ray release from Scream Factory this week. Yes. Uh, and because I have an in with the video store. Oh, dip. <laughs> I got that Blu-ray release uh, like a week before it came is even coming out, and so I watched that for this review. Well, la la la. Mm-hmm. Look at me sitting the lap of lustery over here. <laughs> All I... I have to say, Stacy, you need to get your hands on this ASAP. Yeah, it is. It's jam-packed uh, with features. It. I didn't even start the features yet. It is gorgeous. I have mm. never seen... I mean, I know we always say this when we talk about the Blu-rays. I have never seen My Bloody Valentine like this. I didn't know it was this pretty of a movie. And I watched the uncut version. Um, which, tra- it, before, you know, the when they would do, like, the uncut version, like, the extra stuff that gets added in, it's like, it's like the Wicker Man release or something, you know, where there's, like, here's the movie, and then here's the super grainy, like, B-roll we found. Right. And this is, like... I mean, they clean this shit up, and it... it I, this went from one of my favorite slasher movies to now I'm like, this is one of the most brutal and amazing slashers I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I love it. I watched the, I still have the special edition DVD from Lionsgate when when the remake came out. And it's the same thing with Friday the oh, 13th. Oh, yeah, and like... 2009. Like when, 2008 or something? Yeah, 2009. When the remakes came out of Friday the 13th and My Bloody Valentine, um, they re-released the original films in special editions on DVD with all the added gore mm-hmm. and all that. But yeah, the added yeah. scenes were grainy and they wove them into the film if you chose to watch it that way. So it was uncut, but it was very clear like what wasn't originally in the film. Um, and here's the deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is the gore that they cut out of this film is fucking ins- oh, insane. My God. Like, I've watched, I because I had that, I have that same DVD release from when the the 3D remake, which was also shockingly good, came out. Yeah. Um, And... And I watched it, but I just, I don't think I took it all in. I think watching it in this new cleaned up print, it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so, I was so affected by this movie. It's so good. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting is like to watch it now. First of all, when that DVD came out in 2009, it was such a like joyful event for slasher fans because 
you know, yeah. for for as long as you remember these movies, it was like, oh, you could read about all of the cuts that the MPAA put on these films. But did you ever have any hopes? Like my original review of this on Final Girl, I was like, you know, the MPAA cut out a bunch of stuff. Maybe someday we'll get to see it. And it's like in 2009, you actually got to see all this footage from a movie that was already like 30 years old. Yeah. You know, so like what a fucking treat. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. But that said, like the fact that the original cut of this film was kind of lacking in the gore department and the brutal kills and the explicit violence, like that never affected my enjoyment of this movie at all. Oh, because does this movie, does it or does it not check off all the boxes? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, you've got a seaside mining town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in Nova Scotia, <laughs> where, where, I mean, this is also of, I mean, you know, with, with Halloween and then Friday the 13th, slasher movies and, and Black Christmas, every slasher movie was about, you know, what holiday can you get the name and then make a movie around? Right. And I have to say, this is the most fucking holiday-y of any holiday-based slasher film. Well, it's like they really, you know, I mean, I guess Halloween maybe is another one, but they really worked the holiday into the proceedings. You know what I mean? It really, it's not just, oh, it happened to take place on April Fool's Day or whatever. It's like, no, it's worked into the history of the town. It's worked into the history of the killer, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, um, as much as I'm not an Eli Roth fan, like the Thanksgiving trailer was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it very much summons that spirit of my bloody Valentine where it's like, why does this town have a Thanksgiving parade? But it's like Valentine's Bluffs or Valentine Bluffs, the little town with big heart. And it has the, they had the Halloween or the Valentine's dance for a hundred (laughs) years. Why is this mining town so obsessed with Valentine's Day? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're named after it. I love the mining town setting. Like, at the risk of sounding like fucking Bernie Sanders, uh, the demographic in this movie is one that is overlooked. Right. (laughs) And that's what's... That's another shocking thing about this movie is, like... These aren't teenagers or high schoolers. Right. They're like right, young before... adult minors. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I Before. All right. Let's tell everybody what it's about before we get yeah, into sure, all the, sure, all sure, the sure. nitties and the gritties. So do you, would you like to do the honors this week? Yeah, I'll take it away. So um, <laughs> the town of Valentine Bluffs, the little town with big heart. It's a mining town in, in Nova Scotia. Um, or at least it was filmed there. Uh, there, there. Uh, this this town has a long, long history of celebrating Valentine's Day, and they had a the Valentine's Day dance for one hundred years. Um, where the and and there's even the Valentine's decorating committee in the town. Like people are all mad about Valentine's Day here. Um, meanwhile, there is this mine, which all of the characters that we meet. Um, whether it's it's Sarah, who's sort of our, our final girl, or Axel, who is her uh, cute Kindle boyfriend. Um, you know, they're, they're miners in the town. Well, well the, the men are all the miners. Come up and down out of that elevator shaft every day and then go back to their regular Valentine's activities when they're not in the mine. TJ, who was a, a miner as well, 
um, TJ was a love interest of Sarah, and TJ comes back to town, um, which forms this this uh, very dramatic love triangle because Sarah and TJ were an item before before Sarah and Axel were. Uh, so Sarah is distraught trying to choose between TJ and Axel. There's all kinds of testosterone energy flying everywhere between those guys. Meanwhile, the town is hosting the first Valentine's Day dance in 20 years. Um, it has been 20 years because 20 years ago, Harry Warden, uh, there was a mine collapse and Harry Warden was the last survivor of the mine and they found him in there eating everyone like you do after the mine has collapsed. I know I immediately resort to cannibalism. <laughs> well, he was in um, there for six weeks. It was six he weeks was in there for six break. weeks. Thank you very much, Stacy, for explaining. <laughs> Dramaturging. <laughs> uh, Harry Warden goes off on a killing spree. He's he's later put into um, a, a hospital, and, and, and but the, we, we have the warning and the, the urban legend that every year Harry Warden comes back to Valentine's Bluffs to make sure that there is no Valentine's dance <laughs> because the town is accursed. So while all this drama is going on between TJ, Sarah, and Axel, um, all this hot mining threesome drama, at the same time, the murders begin anew because the Valentine's Day dance is back. And who is behind it? Is it Harry Warden? Is it Mabel, the <laughs> owner of Mabel's Laundromat and the, the head of the Valentine's Day decorating committee? Who is behind these killings and who keeps sending cut out hearts in Valentine's Day gift boxes to the sheriff? Not to dramaturg again, but excuse me, it's Madam Mabel's laundry. Thank you very much. It is Madam Mabel's. <laughs> I just love that. She uh, is the Valentine she is the Madam of Valentine Bluffs. Right. Yes. <laughs> I love Mabel. I love Mabel. I love I I just love the fact that like i said this is uh, the kind of cast this is the kind of setting that we don't get in horror movies like even the holiday-based slasher movies it's horny teenagers going to sleep to camp you know what i mean these are working class people who yeah. do their job and then they go to the bar and they drink moosehead beer like moosehead yeah. is a big product placement in this movie canadian beer. and yet they're still doing all of the teenage activities yes they're, they're throwing parties. They're drinking. They're having the sex. Right. They're having love triangles. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> still in their very early 20s, which means that 20 years ago, like, they don't remember basically what happened. And so they're like, why can't we have our dance? Like, it's all they have yeah. in this town. Like, they actually shot this at a mine that had closed down. And it is a, you know, an authentic mining town. So it's like these tiny houses, everything is run down. It's really, really depressing. And I think it's all summed up, right? This entire aesthetic, this entire way of life for these characters by the fact that there is a store in town, which is obviously a real store from this real town. And it's called OK Ladies Wear. Oh, I love it. Just OK. That's the best you're going to do, right? <laughs> Look, they're clothes. They look mediocre bluffs. Yeah, they'll cover you up. Like, what are what, what are you, some coastal elite? You need great clothes. <laughs> Why can't you just have okay clothes? Huh? 
Absolutely. And, it, and it's a theme that keeps coming up in this movie. Like, TJ got out. He went to California. We don't know what he tried to do in California, but whatever no. it is, he went and he failed miserably. And now he's back. And his father, who is the mayor and the owner of the mine, which mm-hmm. he's a good character. Like, I like this character, but I find it repellent that the town's politician also owns the only industry in town. Is that not telling? Stacy? I think you are making a solid argument for this being a class-based um, Joe the Plum- Plumber slasher. It is, and I feel like we need it. Like, why this not? Is your, of all the things to come out of us talking about My Bloody Valentine, I did not know Stacy would be saying, what about the coal miners? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, at the risk of sounding like Bernie Sanders. Do you know what I mean? But I do have, yeah. as someone who grew up in a blue-collar family, like... Yes. I do feel like this is an underserved demographic in genuine ways, certainly in film, but especially in horror. And so anytime it pops up, I I feel a certain I I like it. Like, I mean, how many movies can you even think of where you have these kind of people? And it all it seems at all like it like real life. Well, there's this there's um, the remake <laughs> I the only I can think of I remember watching uh, Lovely Molly. I really I really like that movie. But I like the fact that Lovely Molly, Molly the character and her husband had like she cleaned the floors at the mall. Like she was a custodian at the mall and oh. he had some job like that. And I'm like these are jobs that people fucking have. And I just have such a like I said, I grew up in a blue collar family and I've had a lot of blue collar jobs throughout my life. Like while I was mm-hmm. going to college, I pumped gas. Like while I lived in New York and was trying to like break into comics, I walked dogs. And so it's just like, I just have a real, maybe a chip on my shoulder. I don't know. Of just feeling like these are real people. You're not any better than them just because she's the custodian at the mall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I went to prep school with Denise Richards, so I can't really. <laughs> well, those are the kind of characters that we usually see. Like, even when they're just teenagers, like. They're like the rich entitled shits. They're the rich entitled shits. The rich white kids, and then they have a black friend. Yeah. They have, an, they have a nice house because you need a house. I mean, look at, look, at, um, look at Scream. Everyone lived in a fucking mansion in those movies. <laughs> yeah, they're either the rich entitled shits or it's just not mentioned at all their backgrounds but they also live in mansions somehow yes do you know what i mean yes yeah they're, but they're not they're not i mean the the only other thing i could think is like tiffany and in, in bride of chucky lives in a trailer like, right it yeah was, they were trailer trash killers but otherwise like yeah that you don't unless it's like attributed to a villain which is interesting mm-hmm. you don't see that blue collar vibe coming through especially with, well because that's not sexy right Right. It's not sexy to see sexy miners having a love triangle. Right. Or it, like, goes in the other direction and poor people turn into the cast from Wrong Turn or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or where, House of Wax. Or House like, of Wax. Here's our, here's our neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Failing the road kill. <laughs> yeah. And so this movie just feels really refreshing to me. And it feels authentic because... They filmed on location. The actors lived in this town while they were shooting the film. And it just, I think this feels probably the most authentic out of all of the slasher movies 
for sure. And I think that also adds that, like, while I think it's still so funny that there's a Valentine's dance and it's called Valentine's Bluffs, it's like, that's all they have. That's all they have. <laughs> that's why they need a dance. It's because once a year, they get to have their Valentine's dance. That's why Mabel has a decorating committee and goes fucking, I'm sorry, Madam Mabel has a decorating <laughs> kit committee and goes all fucking out with her Valentine's decorations to the point that she needs a committee. Yeah. Because there's nothing else to do except run your laundromat. That's, there's nothing to do. When you look at the setting of this film and the, like there's the scene where Sarah's walking home late at night and she runs into the sheriff, blah, blah, blah. The little, like watch that scene again and look at the house she walks to. She doesn't go in, but she's clearly going to that house. It is like a tiny little, mm. like one room house. Like the population of Valentine Bluff is under 4,000. These people have nothing to do. What do the women do? Do the women just work in the shops? Women probably just work in the shops or they stay at home. That's the thing. That's yeah. another thing about this movie and the whole like love triangle is it really struck me. I do love the part where Axel and TJ are just like beating each other up and just testosterone yeah. flying everywhere. And Sarah finally <laughs> just so says, I just don't even care anymore. Yes. Like she's Sarah so, is exhausted by them fighting over she's her. She's exhausted by them. But watching this movie and watching the way everybody is coupled up and it's like that's that's another thing that it's all they have. Like who's the who's the gay in this town? Like who's the artist weirdo in this town? You know what I mean? Everybody finds a mate and he works in the mine while you raise the kids. Was was Gretchen partnered up with anybody? Which one was Gretchen? Gretchen, I'm not, I, I was watching. I was unsure if she actually comes back, but in the very first scene with, where you meet all the miners, like out at, and they're decorating after the shifts in the mine, um, Gretchen is the one that has like an immediate disdain for all the men around her. Oh, the one that and, Howard keeps hitting on. The yeah, and she's like, "Suck it in and zip it up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, well, she's probably the lesbian. There, you go. Gretchen's the les. <laughs> yeah. But, like, TJ tried to get out and failed miserably and came back. And his father, like I think I was saying five tangents ago, his father owns the mine. And he's like, my son is back. He's going to work in the mine. And that's it. Yeah. And how sad. Like, it's like, okay, you had your old former, your old flame, blah, blah, blah. You go to California. You're going to, you're going to make it there. And then no, now you're just back. You're trying to hit up the same girl again because, and you're back in the mine because there's no other, no other option. There's no other option. There's no other That's option. So, Stacy, you are getting me riled up. I feel like I'm going to go join a union. I love unions. So I just, I don't know. That's just one thing I really love about this movie is that it's just, it's a, a demographic you don't get to see. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, that's 100% true that unless you're looking at, um, the the hillbilly slashers mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean when we talked about this in the tank top trilogy episode where it's like why are all of these post 9-11 like bush era why is all why are all of these slasher films about fears of ruralism mm-hmm. um fears of poor people and and it, un, that's that's completely how you see either like the villains always are attributed to poverty mm-hmm. um never the the heroes are the final girls really i think um like Laurie Strode's dad's the town realtor. Like it's uh, you're you're you just don't get to see these stories elsewhere. Mm. 
It's interesting. Yeah. But look at, I mean, you know, contrast this movie with Halloween. Like, yeah, her dad was the realtor. Yeah, Annie's dad was the sheriff. But that is like Americana suburbs where they grew up. Yes. With their hedges and their babysitters mm-hmm. and they don't lock their doors. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, purely, well, except the, for those neighbors. Except for those neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, I can't breathe. And I'm like, let her in. Yeah, and I, uh, what I like about My Bloody Valentine is it doesn't look down on these characters. Yeah, you know? no, and it it make it gives them sexy scenes. Yeah, they still their lives are just as valid as you know the rich elites in other movies. And that struck me, um, Hollis in this movie. I love Hollis. I fucking love Hollis. Hollis would be my homeboy. I would mm-hmm. get high with Hollis. I probably have many times already. But, like, Hollis uh, could so, in any other slasher, Hollis would be the big, dumb oaf. Mm-hmm. Like, the gross, the gross fat guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would be that, that, like, kind of toxic cliche. Um, in this, Hollis is, uh, he's a fun love, I mean, he's fun loving, he's kind of, like, he's kind of the... Not the leader, but like he—he's people respect him. Mm-hmm. Um, He's—he's he's everybody's drinking buddy. Uh, and when Hollis gets murdered, spoiler alert, it's a tragedy. Yeah. And poor Patty, like, is just sitting there, like she can't. Like Harry Warden is actively coming after her with a pitchfork, and she's crying because she doesn't want to leave Hollis, and he's dead in front of her. Yeah. And then. Um, what's his name is like trying to get Sarah and Patty to run off with him and get away. And, and even Sarah's like, how can you leave us here? Like Sarah's advocating to stay and mourn Hollis and to Mm -hmm. let Patty have that time to grieve, even though Harry Warden is coming after them with a pitchfork or a a pickaxe pickaxe. with a pickle. He's coming after them with a pickle. (laughs) Can you believe it? Of all things in Valentine's Bluffs. (laughs) And... That just really struck me that this character gets a treatment that would not be given to him in any other. He would be a Franklin or he would be, you know, he would not be given this kind of treatment. Yes. Most most, most characters don't get that kind of treatment, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and in a slasher, too. Yeah. They're mourning. There is a genuine mourn. And when people find when people find other victims dead like they are traumatized and screaming and in hysterics like when um uh fuck uh i've forgotten literally everybody's name in this movie but um the the guy go they go off into the mine during because they 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 move the dance is like you know the sheriff is like this dance can't happen so they move the dance they're like okay where can we have the dance instead? I know. Let's have it at the mine because what could go yeah. wrong? <laughs> they move the dance to the mine and then the, the couple sneaks off to go have sexy, sexy time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the, the bizarre sequence that you'll never see in any other slasher movie where it's like, oh, no, clothes are falling on me from ropes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then Harry Warden comes up to her like the guy has gone off for a second. Harry Warden comes up and like shoves her head up on a steam pipe. And impales her on it through the back of her head. And then when the guy goes in and finds her, and then he comes out, and he's, like, crying and in hysterics. Yeah. And, like, and he, you, you see just, him you later. See you see him 15 minutes later, and he's still, like, has snot coming out of his nose. And he's still crying, and he still can't talk. Like, he's yeah. completely traumatized by what he found. Yeah. Or when the sheriff gets the, oh, I got emotional. 
<laughs> when the <laughs> sheriff gets the valentine from mabel yeah after she's died and like he thinks he he's like terrified to open this valentine because his like questionably gay assistant <laughs> um is like <laughs> oh you have you you got a package and it's an it's another valentine like another candy box the red heart candy box and you know there's always going to be a severed heart in one and like another rhyme from harry warden because harry warden is dr seuss and he loves his madonna poetry <laughs> and so he he go, he's opens it with such trepidation and oh it's not actually a, a terrifying note from the killer it's it's an actual valentine that mabel had sent off to him mm-hmm. before she got killed because she liked him yeah and it's really sad there's little tra- there's also the guy who forget his name what an ignominious end he is boiled alive amongst the hot dogs oh which you know i've i've come to realize like there's no dignity in any death right the best we can hope for is that we don't like die on the toilet although (laughs) it's good enough for elvis i suppose it should be good enough for me (laughs) but you just hope you're found with your clothes on that you don't have your hand down your pants yeah that's the best case scenario you hope you know yeah there are levels to it Boy, being boiled with hot dogs is not a great end, <laughs> <laughs> right? But but bringing that back to class, of course they're having a little hot dog boil, right? They're having their hot I dog. I love boil. hot dogs. Yeah, but right before his death scene, um, his friend comments that he's really cleaned himself up, like he shaved, that he put on these nice clothes, and he says, "Yeah, I want to get out of this town." Like, he's another TJ. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got his dreams of getting out of there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then the next five minutes later, you're kitchen. dead in the hot dogs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's oh, full, of, full of tragedies. Full of tragedies. It is. It is. I mean, and the and the gore is wicked. The gore is fucking wicked. The gore especially is the, fucking wicked. With this added in, with these added in scenes, I mean, listen, people, get the Blu ray because it yeah. is. What they did in cleaning this up, I have never seen the 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 uncut, you know, we found this extra footage and suddenly it fits with, it flows like it's the same movie. Um, wow. You aren't really taken out of it. You can still see some grain here and there because there's only so much they can do, but it's really amazing. But this movie, like to consult my notes, I said, dude, this movie is fucking brutal. <laughs> like, yeah, I wrote is. down insane and circled it about ten times. Like, it is disgusting Mm -hmm. like i feel i mean and and it's so funny that it balances that fine line of having such sympathy for these characters and really making all of their deaths a tragedy and then so you also don't really relish the kills as they happen to them even though if you are a gore hound which i say i'm not but i think i might actually because of how often i talk about i might actually be one i just love it in these old slashers um but like it is so repellent that you're like, oh, that's fucking gnarly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. The eyeball pitchfork. Oh, my. Pickaxe. Pickaxe. <laughs> I keep the eyeball pickle. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking at my notes and I just said pitchfork in all of my notes. I am oh dumb, God. dumb. So the pickaxe, that's what it's called. Yes, it is a pickaxe. The shovel with the spike. The pickaxe. <laughs> That, when that thing is just sticking out, I mean, any time, one, another reason this movie is so iconic, Harry Warden, the miner, such a cool killer. Oh my god, yeah. 
so cool. Um, this is, this is, it's not, you don't go the way, route of Urban Legends Final Cut and be like, ooh, it's a fencer. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. no, you have a miner with a pickaxe, and that's fucking wicked. But then that mm-hmm. eyeball pitchfork, so gross. The Eyeball um, pickaxe! <laughs> eyeball pickaxe! <laughs> Stacy, I trust that you'll just, um, do a CGI, a, you'll CGI de-age my voice. Oh, I'll F9 your voice. and You'll F9 the... my voice and do yeah. a, it'll, it'll go, every time I say pitchfork, it'll just go, um... Pickaxe. <laughs> we'll yeah. just have the Stephen Hawking <laughs> text-to-speech voice come in. Um, Jesus Christ! So eyeball pickaxe. Uh, the the when they're when they're climbing up through the mine up the ladder to get away from Harry Warden, and then he push he kicks that body down, and the guy's hanging, and then as the body hits in the noose. The, the tension from the noose jolts his body, and his head just rips off, and his body mm-hmm. falls down the rest of the mine. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Even the showerhead kill, which to me is like one of the iconic kills of the slasher genre, I think. You know, where he picks her up and impales her on the shower. It's a shower pipe. It's like. Yeah. You know, in the uncut version, like you see it. You see her head go on from the back and then you get a frontal shot of it coming out of her mouth later. Mm hmm. It's insane. It's so gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. That's the thing for all of the, for the setting and like this movie hits so many slasher tropes. It's got, you know, the jokey guy, Howard, who the practical joker, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got the doomsayer, Happy the bartender, who's the guy who gets the pickaxe through the eyeball. He's, you know, the one, don't you kids go up there. Harry Ward's going to get you. It's got, you know, the inept, but well-meaning law enforcement. It's got a mid-coitus kill. Like, people are impaled, in, you know, while they're having sex. Like, it hits. It's on a holiday, obviously. It hits so many tropes, but it feels completely refreshing because of the way mm-hmm. it's all done. Mm-hmm. And, and it has that incredible sequence of them driving their cars back from the mine. It's set to, like, Dukes of Hazard Canadian edition. Yeah, that's, that 80s, what did I write down? 80s comedy mania banjo, right? Yes, it's got an yes. 80s comedy like, mania banjo Because they all are driving their cars back. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, the first scenes in the movie. Here's your yeah. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> sequence except they're all driving and obeying traffic laws <laughs> yeah it's so weird but i do like also the ways that this movie is really smart like when bodies are found and somebody says harry warden is back like everybody leaves the party people yes. go home it's the ones yeah. who went down into the mine for a little tour that are still there but everybody else fucking left as you would <laughs> you know Hmm. Like, it's, it's just, what a great fucking movie. Which, okay, so they, they have this dance. They, they throw their impromptu, like, gorilla um, shit mm-hmm. kids in a small town, except they're all, like, 20 and 30-something minors, mm-hmm. <laughs> dance at the mine, because once again, what could go wrong? uh they they and, and it also should be said that law enforcement, it's, there's sort of a Jaws mayor um, overlap <laughs> where... You know, for the sake of the Valentine's dance, nobody can know that all these people are being found murdered and that their hearts cut out, including Mabel, who was brutally uh, dryered alive. 
<laughs> she had a heart attack. Listen, she wasn't murdered by Harry Warden. So they're having they're having that dance. They find out that Harry Warden, you know, they're saying Harry Warden is here. Everyone screams and runs off. They all run to their homes to be safe because you know the legacy of Harry Warden. And yet, the sheriff comes out. He gets a call from the hospital and he says, Harry Warden didn't escape. He died five years ago. And I'm like, how did they not know that he died five years ago? The hospital Nobody couldn't was find thinking... the records. That's true. Nobody, I just thought you'd think somebody would be keeping tabs. I see. Somebody I see. should be keeping tabs. Well, you'd tabs. think. Yeah. Because you'd that's, Stacy. that is five years that they could have been having their dance. Mm-hmm. Mabel well, could have done I mean, so many more decorations. Know, doesn't that point to, like, be responsible, do your due diligence, right? And what the fuck is with this hospital who doesn't know where their patient went? <laughs> Somebody wasn't doing their job. And I have seen this town. There's not a lot to do. Right. (laughs) I will say to its credit, and it's really hard for me to, uh, you know, give props to not only a politician, but also the owner of the industry in town. But the mayor, he does break from Jaws greedy mayor tradition when they do fucking cancel the dance. Like when they realize what's going on. Okay, dance is off. It's those rascally kids. And of course they have to go to the mine because guess what? Again, there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. They want. There's nothing else to, to do. They need to have their hot dogs and they need to sneak off and have sex among hanging clothes. Well, and where could they go to serve a crowd that size? Exactly. There's, yeah, the bar's tiny. The bar's too small. There's nowhere. And to you go. know, there's only one. Yeah. Yeah. The laundromat's been closed down, so there's no getting drunk over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You know, what are you going to open up okay ladies wear and dance amongst the (laughs) blouses? Let's have the Valentine's dance at okay ladies wear. (laughs) Yeah. So then um, it turns out, of course, that Harry Warden has been dead for five years. uh, And then we get a final little showdown between Axel, TJ, and Sarah. And it is revealed in another great slasher trope, the triggering event. In which we understand that Axel, spoiler alert, is actually the killer. Yeah. Because, and we see in a flashback that is so tightly constructed. It could have been, if it was a giallo, this would have been a 12 minute opening. Yeah. But (laughs) we get such a, and there would have been like naked women and puzzles and, but we get such a tight assemblage of like maybe four shots of a little kid seeing his father, little baby Axel seeing his father murdered with a pickaxe by one Harry Warden. Well, we've if you remember when Happy, the bar owner, was telling the story of Harry Warden, we saw one of those same film clips of that man. He was one mm-hmm. of the mine foremen who was responsible for the mining accident yep. where Harry got trapped. And so Axel's mm-hmm. father was directly responsible. And so it's just a really smart way of playing with that slasher triggering event. And, like, mm-hmm. we don't get it until really, really late in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, right five minutes from the ending, basically. And it's, yeah, there's, like, they trimmed all the fat off it. This is all you need to know. Yeah. here, Like, oh, my God. He's gonna, oh, no. He's rolling around with, with TJ. Oh, God. He's gonna kill TJ. Sarah runs in there. She rips off the mask because, thank you, Sarah, for doing what I want every final girl to do. Just take his fucking mask off. <laughs> yeah. Just take his fucking mask off. It never happens. So 
Like, don't just stare. Like, just take the mask off. So she does it, and then we get the really quick shot. That's all we need to know. We know why Axel does it. Yep. And then they they um, the mine begins to cave in because they're in, like, some walled-off, closed-off, older section of the mine. It begins to cave in. It collapses on Axel. They run off. Uh, every, all the rest of the townspeople and law enforcement that's running in to save the day and to, to stop the killer... They run in and they're they're trying to get Axel out from there. All that's hanging out, his arm is sticking out from under all the rubble. And then Sarah comes up and she holds his hand. And then you see the other side of the wall. And underneath the rubble, Axel, still dressed as Harry Warden, is cutting off his arm. And then Sarah pulls, she says, someone help. And she pulls the severed arm out. And then you hear Axel laughing and doing his weird creepy, it's so fucking creepy, isn't it? It's that a ending. really fucking great ending. Oh, it's such a good ending because it's like, Sarah, (laughs) be my bloody valentine. And what does he say? He says, like, it's basically like, you're all going to pay. Yeah, you're all going to pay. Harry and I. Like, Harry and I. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, disappears into the mining tunnels. Yeah. It's so good. Retribution for, um for enabling the the deaths of all these people due to shoddy labor enforcement. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And, and so then, what was oh. the what was what actually triggered Axel? You know what I mean? Was it the fact that they're having the Valentine's dance and it's brought that all to mind or was it a combination of the Valentine's dance and the fact that TJ is back and I disrupting his relationship? I think it's TJ coming back. It mm-hmm. ha- like because yeah, his I don't I I don't understand exactly what the and that's what I was wondering is what was the trigger there really, because I think C- it's an excuse to try to kill TJ probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, to get TJ out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's not his fault, and he can still be with Sarah. Mm-hmm. There you. Oh, good. Look at you, Doctor Loomis. <laughs> well done. Well done. The blackest eyes. The blackest eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he runs off and disappears into the mine. No need to cauterize his wound or anything. Um, And then a new urban legend is born in the town of Valentine Bluffs. And those, man, that's actually a really fucking, I didn't think about it as I watched it, but that is like a bleak ass ending. (laughs) It's a really bleak ending. Because now they can't do anything. (laughs) it's true i thought about it being bleak that like all these survivors have to go back to work on monday or whatever they have to go back into the they have have to they're not going to close the mine down they have to go back into the mine and that's where he is mm -hmm. they can't have a dance ever again they're probably not going to go out at night yeah and they're just going to keep dying (laughs) Yeah. They're just going to keep dying, and TJ's shirt is just going to keep getting more and more unbuttoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, they're originally. Here's the thing. Well, okay, time out. Uh, well, <laughs> calm down, Stacey. Calm down. <laughs> Thoughts in order. <laughs> First of all, like you said, all right, now I'm going to, at first I wasn't going to pick up the Blu-ray because I'm like, the DVD is good enough. But no, the, from the, the way Blu-ray. you're talking about it, I'm going to get the Blu-ray because it's it is, even gorgeous. so, it's a beautiful movie. Like they, and I think part of that comes from, um, they shot in the mine and they had to be really careful about lighting because there was still the risk of explosions 
from the methane gas that builds up in the oh. mines. And so they couldn't use, like, everything had to be approved. They couldn't, they had to use, like, 25 watt bulbs and everything. So everything down in the mines was, like, so spookily lit. And you've got those tunnels, and it's just such a fucking great location for a horror mm-hmm. movie. It's insane. Mm-hmm. That scene of Harry Warden coming down the shaft and smashing the light bulbs as he goes. Yeah. So scary. It's so scary. It's so scary. Iconic look to the killer, like you said. He's got a signature weapon. He's got a signature look. Like, why didn't this take off in a franchise? In terms of just costume? Yeah. I think it's the best slasher look. Yes. Like, Absolutely. I mean, Michael's, I mean, Michael's just weird. His thing is just weird. And that's what's creepy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie is like a fucking cartoon character, how he looks. As is yeah. Jason. Yeah. I mean, as Jason evolves into like muscle zombie, chain zombie. Mm-hmm. But the, but the minor. Yeah. Like all you need is just someone in all black. You like, and then you get you get like the Michael Myers breathing, but it makes sense why the breathing mm-hmm. is so pronounced because he's breathing through those like his ventilation respirator tubes or whatever mm-hmm. uh, with his breath breathing mask. You get the pickaxe, like it's just fucking cool. <laughs> it's so cool, and it could have been a, a franchise. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm ultimately glad it didn't go anywhere. Just because I think this movie is so special, and you know it would have just... <clears throat> Apparently there was a, tra- a sequel in the making at some point. Really? Yes. Called Return of the Minor. My Bloody Valentine Part 2, Return of the Minor. And it was going to follow the same characters. TJ and Sarah were going to be married, and they were going to have kids. So it was going to take place in the f- a few years after that. Sarah oh. was going to be the sheriff <gasps> of Valentine Bluffs. And then killings were going to start happening again. And she she has to partner with her friend Valerie Diesel to, <laughs> to take down yeah. and Clary Clary Starling is there for some yeah. reason. And she's like, yes, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> I came here from Virginia. <laughs> she's a big girl, yes. Yeah, she's a big girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so that would have been interesting to see. But I mean, I think... I, I'm glad that it's just a one-off because it's just so perfect and wonderful as it is. I just, I, I'm like, I wonder, I mean, even Prom Night got those sequels. So, like, why didn't this get the sequels? Is it because of the class thing? Is it because the characters aren't sexy? Like, is it because they aren't young? And there's not, like, let's watch more teenagers die. in Because Val- what, what teenagers are there in Valentine Bluffs? That's true. I think when you look at it, it's like... Prom Night got sequels, quote unquote, but look at the Prom Night series. It's cuckoo crazy. It's bananas. Two and three are related, but other than that, none of them are related. It's basically every movie in that series is the Halloween three of that series. (laughs) But at the very least, at least two got a sequel, which still feels like that even. I mean, and regardless of your feelings for it, like at least it had a sequel and it feels very unlikely that that yes. happened um yeah. still so like, i think but this like, I, I think my theory with this as a slasher aficionado is i think when you look at the killer it's just axel it's just a crazy dude who like is pissed off that his girl's with another guy you look at the all those killers that did get franchises um michael myers is the embodiment of pure evil 
Mm. Freddy Krueger is a cartoon character, like you said. He's supernatural, whatever, whatever. Jason Voorhees is, you know, the only reason Friday the 13th went on is because they picked up Jason Voorhees. I mean, granted, Mrs. Voorhees' head did get cut off. It's kind of hard to kill people after that. (laughs) But Jason Voorhees is, like, supernatural in a way, you know? Um, And then you look at all the other slashers, stuff like Black Christmas, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Like, they're all one-off. When they're, like, just regular people, Terror Train. Like, all of them are one-offs because it's just some kookadook who lost their mind yeah. and killed people on a special night. Yeah, you know? versus they can't become, the like, the weird cartoon icons. Yeah, I think, Freddy, I right? think even if that sequel had happened with this movie, I think that would have been the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a long jet. It's not like Crystal Lake where it's like, of course there's going to be more and more sexy young teenage counselors coming to this camp. Yeah, and look at Friday the 13th and by part five, which you figure Jason started at part two. So it's like two, three, four. And then on part five, which would have been the fourth film, they were already going into Cuckoo Bananas Town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was a different killer. And then part six, he's brought back by lightning. And part yeah. seven, and there's telekinesis. telekinesis. It's just like, it went and off the fucking rails. now space! <laughs> yeah, there's only so much, I think, that you can really do. Yeah. With a slasher yep. film, you know. Halloween tried to build it around the night in question, which I think is really cool. But then you got Halloween 3 and everybody's like, where's Michael Myers? And that was the end of that. Yeah. And then you get Curse of Thorn and then it goes fucking bananas. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes bananas, you know. So. And then Nightmare on Elm Street was bananas from part three on because you're dealing with the dream world. And so anything can happen. Oh, no. He turned someone into a meatball. And then he turned <laughs> into a motorcycle and he drove away. Like... Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I get it that people love those later Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but my God, he turned into a motorcycle. You're right. It is cool. (laughs) (laughs) He made someone turn into a meatball. He turned someone into a pizza topping. Charlize gets in her jet with her bowl cut and then... (laughs) Freddy like, is on his rope on his suspension bridge. Yeah. Like slasher movies, like they tried, they milked everything they could out of some of these, but it's like they were at a gas by part two. All Those are them. the original Fast and the Furious. It's true. Yeah. All of it's them true. are at a gas. But just imagine My Bloody Valentine part three, Mabel's Revenge. Well, that's true. And she comes back. She's uh, she's all burnt in Mary Lou, but she's like... <laughs> She's like, watch out for the streamers. And it's just, she get, like, people just get paper cuts from her decorations. <laughs> that would be terrifying. It'd be so good. It's too bad that didn't happen. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it costs four quarters for a wash and dry. <laughs> It'd be so good. <laughs> Yeah. So. so if you haven't seen this movie, what is your excuse at this point? Get that Blu-ray. It's just in time for Valentine's Day. Like you I, are missing out on one of the greatest slasher movies of all time. It truly is the of this whole extravaganza season we're doing. It is the greatest value slasher. Absolutely. It's real fucking good. It's, it's real fucking good. So so 81, so Canadian. So real, so gross, so gross. It just, I mean, I realize for a lot of these 
you know, for great value slashers, like we said, the quality will be up and down, but mostly, I mean, we're really paying attention to the bonkers shit. Like, honestly, no spoilers, but next week, Anthony <laughs> hasn't even seen what we're doing I next week. I have. Wait. Anthony has not seen it yet. And I, 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 I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. Um, well, but even House on Sorority Row was fucking crazy. Even House on Sorority Row was crazy. But this one is just pure slasher. So good. I mean, it was such a small time. It was such a small window in movie history. Like, mm-hmm. prime slasher era was like... I mean, yeah, you could say Halloween really kicked it off. But, I like, 1980 to 1983, it's it. That's the golden age. That's the golden age of slasher movies. So many slasher movies came out in that time period. Mm-hmm. Like, anything could get a green light, right? Anything. And you have your piles of shit, like your, you know, don't go in the woods alone, which doesn't mean I don't love it, but it's a fucking pile of shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) but My Bloody Valentine, man, it's so good. What a year. What a year. 81. What a fucking, the greatest year of horror movie history. Yeah, Yeah, for real. I agree. For real. Um, thoughts on the remake, which we weren't really, we didn't review for the show and we're not really addressing, but. I really like the remake, actually. I was shocked because this is one of my favorite movies. And, you know, at that point in time, we were just drowning in remakes. And Mm -hmm. I hated like the Friday the 13th remake, hated most of them. Um, surprisingly, I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It got me this. I honestly like, I really want to. Well, I want to rewatch this Blu-ray because it's beautiful. And then I also want to watch the remake again, too. Maybe that will be my little uh, other Valentine's activity. Who knows? Yeah. But shockingly good. Also, um, that team, uh, then they also went on to do um, uh, Drive Angry. And the, just yes. both of those movies are so fun. They also just did that new one, um, Trick, that looks awful. Oh, yeah. That went, like, direct to DVD. Jason was watching it, and I only caught bits of it, but it looks it's it looked like an atrocity. But um, I'm guessing that's just they didn't have budget or any, any studio, any support at all to make that. But uh, but those two movies are so fun, so. Yeah, it felt, the remake felt at least like they were being respectful of the original. Yes. And then, and how do you really honor the coolness of one of the most unsung slashers of all time? It's like, oh, and then you... You give him that pickaxe, but you make it 3D, baby. Right. Yeah, the 3D so. was really fun. Plus, uh, Jamie... K- oh, fuck. Jamie King. Yeah. We did this last time we talked Jamie about Jamie King it. looking like Lindsay Lohan. Jamie King looking like Lindsay Lohan, but not Jamie Presley. Right. Who is also her doppelganger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One yeah. does TV, the other does movies, but they're the same person. Yeah. This yeah. movie and Drive Angry both have crazy sex scenes. Oh, that's true. That are really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't there, there was that, that whole scene with the topless woman in the first, or what was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, I think it just, it just, the problem was, is it, while they also shot, I believe, in a disused mine, it's like, it's still, la- it was too clean. It was you know? CW adjacent. It was CW adjacent. And it, it didn't help that it had, like, the supernatural guy or whatever. And Yeah, and I think that's just a problem with 90% of movies nowadays. It's like, yeah. 
it's you're gonna cast the cw star like in the 70s and 80s you could have people who didn't look like movie stars in movies yeah i think but at the same time it still didn't upset me or affect me as much as like like the evil dead remake i was like why is everything so polished and why is everyone so pretty Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, this is Evil Dead. It's supposed to be gross. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it wasn't enough to have like, look at this god. It wasn't even up to the level of French splatter, um, right? But it was just like, it just everything has that like uh, CG, like an insta filter sheen over it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But my bloody Valentine. I enjoy both my bloody Valentines. Uh, yeah. great movies. Great movies. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see more. Someone go back and make part three Mabel's Revenge. (laughs) Or it's just Rosie O'Donnell sending out haikus to everybody on (laughs) Valentine's Day. (laughs) They open up a a package and there's a koosh ball in there. (laughs) A a koosh ball and a haiku. (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blue. Tom Cruise! (laughs) (laughs) See Taboo on Broadway! (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, what a great value slasher. Indeed. Uh, Do we have a listener question today, Stacey? Well, of course we do. How could you even ask that? I know. It's it's just, at this point, it's just dumb of me (laughs) to keep asking that question. (laughs) You're, You're surprised every week when I say yes. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yes, this week's question comes from Mike M, who asks, what lesser celebrated holiday do you think should be made into a great value slasher film? And what would the plot be? <laughs> so there you go. That was obviously a big hallmark of the genre. Once upon a time. Oh, yes. And much like, I mean, how Valent, I think this is a great, a great one for this episode in particular, because My Bloody Valentine is the most exceptionally holiday-y of any holiday slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I went, I, I had trouble thinking of like what the plot is, but I have a gist. Okay. I went with a holiday that has always fascinated me because it's on every calendar. I just don't under, and I didn't go for any any one of those made up holidays that people post about on social media where it's like international hug a cheeseburger day or like that's all made up that nobody has ever celebrated that day until someone made a a tumblr post about it this year just so you know (laughs) i'm fed up with it i'm not accepting your fake holidays anymore do they get do they get me time off no but then who cares and this holiday doesn't get me time off either. However, I have always seen it on the calendars. I've never understood it. I did a little research into what it is because I always had a vague awareness. I want to see a movie about Boxing Day. Ah. December 26th, it's the day after Christmas. It's Boxing Day. It shows up on every calendar, but it's more of like a British holiday. It's more of like mm-hmm. a, a Downton Abbey, Gosford Park sort of holiday where... Um, I guess traditionally servants would be able to go home the day after Christmas because they are busy um, working for their their masters on Christmas Day. So the day after Christmas, they go home and they are given a box by the rich people of all the stuff they didn't want from Christmas, essentially. (sighs) It's 
it's the white elephant like re re gifting holiday. Oh, the chips on my shoulder are starting to tingle. When exactly, you say these it's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> it like, is. Like one, how the fuck do you have? Christmas, where everyone is rich and wealthy, and we all come together and eat fruit and capers, whatever, whatever rich people do. <laughs> and then you have Poor People Day, where you give them a box of, like, your leftover tuna salad. So, <clears throat> I think Boxing Day, as a horror movie, could be a fantastic class payback picture. Mm. Where we could almost go to, like, pur- not purge levels, but but you could have a killer... Um, maybe they, maybe their outfit is gift wrap. I don't know because it's <laughs> boxing. Uh, but it could also still ha- play off some of the Christmas themes because you'd have the detritus of Christmas everywhere. Mm. You could still have some leftover Christmas music. It could also be a sort of hangovery movie because it's the day after Christmas. So you'd have all the people, um, just being all the rich people being lazy and, and not having their servants. And then what happened if one of the servants just started killing people? Would it be a historic slasher? Like the ones that we talked about uh, a few episodes back? You could always set it in the early, you know, last century and add that extra flair of having a servant who has just had it and nah. puts, puts on that gift wrap and just goes through ye old manor and just starts carving them up. <gasps> and then that's and then they start leaving the boxes of the of all their victims. They just like put all their bits into a box and then they leave those at the neighbor's house. And then it Now creates... my my chips are tingling in a good way. Yeah. Oh, I see those chips. And then <laughs> and then it creates a ripple effect that then every house that gets a box with another another murdered or dismembered um class master then that sends a message to the other servants and then it and then it just turns into the invitation and then they all it's, it becomes a mass slasher and then they have class uprising and then it at the end it flash it cuts forward to today and you see Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and she's like, Bring me the box. <laughs> I thought you didn't have a plot. I didn't have a plot, but now I do. Boxing day coming to theater <laughs> soon. <laughs> that sounds incredible. That actually sounds really good. I think it'd be fun. So you're going to edit that out so no one will steal it from us? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. We're, how much, what, what are we giving away ideas here with this tell I me know. the plot? Yeah. Give me the plot. Give me. Hey. Hey. Hey, Monica. It's me, Linda. Can you lean in closer to my brooch and describe the plot of this <laughs> yeah. film so I can go talk to my friend, not Jason Blum, not Ken Starr? <laughs> what kind of Ponzi scheme are y'all running here? Asking us these questions. That's why I didn't come up with a detailed plot. You could say that it's because I didn't think of one. (laughs) Or you could say it's because I didn't want to think of something great and then give it away for nothing. Like I just did. Like you just did. I should cut that all out. (laughs) We should write Boxing Day. That would be good. We should actually write Boxing Day. Anything where poor people kill rich people. I'm all about it. Oh, it'd be so good. But then Trump would tweet about it. And then they like, it would never come out in theaters. So That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> but we're all going to die this year anyway. Just go back to being bootlickers, I guess. <laughs> well, I tried to think of, again, like you, I'm not doing, you know, National Wig Day. Although, now that I say that out loud, um. <laughs> do I want to do anything else? No. <laughs> oh, God, the wig! <laughs> <laughs> so- 
<laughs> yeah. But, you know, one of those made-up holidays. Like, National Have a Sandwich Day or whatever. Yeah, like, fuck that. It's, none of it is real. You all are making this up. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't have time. I realize that this is how we get through life. Is to every day is something like, oh, National Look at Whatever Day. But, you know, like, <laughs> let's it's just people gazing off at street posts. <laughs> like, this is how sad life is. Like, oh. you know, you go through and you celebrate National Look at Whatever Day and then you're boiled amongst the hot dogs. I Such wish there was is... a day to admire pencil erasers. Yeah. Such is the tragedy of life, right? Like the futility of our existence. We're all minors at Valentine Bluffs. <laughs> we are. Where's our dance? Where's our dance? So I tried to think of like actual holidays where it's like, uh, what's, you know, what is the purpose of the holiday in the slasher movie? It's to gather large numbers of people together so that they can be killed. Right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, what's another holiday like that that hasn't been taken? Because, let's be real, most of them that would actually make sense have been used already. Pretty much all of them. Right? I'm surprised Thanksgiving hasn't actually happened because that trailer is the best thing Eli Roth has ever done. It, it, it's so, that is so true. Yes, it is the greatest thing he's done. Like, it's good. It's good. It's actually and good. It would have been good. And so I'm like, I don't understand how this didn't actually become a movie. But okay, yeah. Even like mach- they made two machetes, but they didn't mm-hmm. even they didn't make a Thanksgiving. Yeah. Shocking. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, what about Chinese New Year? <gasps> Do I know everything that happens at Chinese New Year? No. Did I research it? No. But I mean, it's a New Year celebration, and you could have like a cast that you don't get to see all the time, and you could have it take oh. place in like a culture you don't get to see all the time. Oh my god. Yeah. Stacy, you are ethical. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. So that was one idea. And then another one, which this website that I was looking up holidays on said, this is a huge holiday for New Englanders. It's like their biggest holiday. And as a New Englander, I said, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's not go crazy here. Have you not even uh, heard of it? Not really. Not in the way that this website was going on and on. And then I was like, have I been dead this whole time? And I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. Who can say for sure, right? Nobody. Um, <clears throat> but Patriot's Day. Not oh. Patriot Day, which is like late in the year, I think, which is some fucking bullshit post 9-11 thing. Isn't that I a think. Mel Gibson movie? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Where he's like is. a pilgrim that hacks up people with his, uh, his hatchet? I think so. I've and he's like, I it. wouldn't tell a lie. And he keeps hatching people. <laughs> that could be a dream you had. I'm I think sure. that's a dream. Yeah. Uh, but Patriot's Day supposedly is in uh, April and celebrates the Battle of Lexington and Concord, which, of course, as we all know, kicked off the Revolutionary War in 1775. Right. And so supposedly New England fucking is jizzing all over the place every Patriot's Day in April. <laughs> Screaming themselves a plenty, yeah. So supposedly New England's going crazy over this. Not maybe in Massachusetts. I don't know, but I thought that would be an excuse for our historical slasher. Like our, you could have these weirdos who go out and recreate the Revolutionary War. Oh my god! And basically, a bunch of jerks would get killed with bayonets. But you know, I'm here for it. But Patriots Day, yeah. 
I'm just saying. Like, it's a holiday. Anyway, that's my answer. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) End of book report. (laughs) I want to see Boxing Day and Patriots Day. Boxing Day sounds amazing. And Chinese New Year. I'm not here to gatekeep. With that said, um, wow. Uh, also, another one that Mike, uh, it was Mike that gave the question, right? Asked the question. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that he kind of suggested was, uh, like, I love that when, when our listeners ask us questions, they also give their own suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also answer the question. Yeah, They're like, but, so a lot of these questions I feel, and I, this is not uh, criticism, this is just a statement of fact, is that I think sometimes people ask questions just because they want to talk about a thing, because they give us all of their answers yeah, with what, the question. Like, what's, here's what's, my question, and here, I mean, I'm talking about movies like this, and then they'll rattle off, like, ten movies. Like, and then you'll get a, we'll get a paragraph explaining why Phantasm <laughs> is the answer. And then we're like, well, um, Rhonda from Killer Workout, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> and then they're foiled again. But uh, Mike did have a great suggestion. That would have been my other go-to, if not Boxing Day, which was Arbor Day. Um, mm. I would love to see an Arbor Day horror movie. So well thought, Mike. And it did remind me there is a Christmas, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a Christmas like short horror film um, about a, a, a bunch of Christmas trees that strike back. And I wish I could remember the name, but Google it. Y'all watch it. It's hilarious and incredible. I loved it very much. Arbor Day, you could have, uh, you could go folk horror. Yeah, yeah, that could totally be a folk horror. Yeah. Oh, I love folk horror. Me too. But too bad. This is Great Value Slashers event. Great Value Slashers, and it's keep on keeping on through the rest of this month. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So please hit us up with questions related to slashers. Uh, yeah because we still have a couple episodes to go still this with the season um you can email those to us at gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com you can uh shoot us a, a dm on instagram at gaylordsofdarkness on twitter at gaylordsofd on facebook at gaylordsofdarkness where you can also leave us reviews you can leave us reviews on the facebook you can leave us reviews on itunes hit the five stars if you believe we are worthy of that and and share a nice little story, why don't you? Wow. Yeah. Bossy. What? I'm just offering a it's a it's a suggested donation. Don't you hate that? Nice. When you walk yeah. in and they say, Well the suggested <laughs> donation and then you look like an asshole. Yeah, you look like an asshole if you're like, But I don't have any money. And I'm saying, Well, you're using two words. One is suggested and the other is mm-hmm. donation, which both imply agency, and yet mm. I have none. It, really? They might as well just be saying expected. Yeah. Expectation. So anyway, so fuck yourself. Go fuck yourselves. All you donation collectors. Wow. <laughs> mm, bye. Wow. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness!